Cue my music. I'm just out here on my child, but you want all this work today. Yeah. Tell it when you see us, you feel some type of way. Tell you see I put the toys away. Your boy Nico. Humble Reverend Pondcast. And I go all your smoke away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just leveled up and ain't no smoking on this floor. Smoking. You won't spread the girl, that's why we both it on this floor. Years ago, you could have got the smoke. What is up? Oh, technical difficulties. <laughs> anyway, what's up, brothers and sisters? It's your boy Nico, Rumble Reverend Podcast. Anyway, how y'all doing today? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, so I've been working on something tonight before I um, recorded, just spending like the last two or three hours uh, recording and editing intros and outros for uh, future podcasts. Um, shout out to God Over Money and, uh, Hog, Hog Mob. Uh, reason is because a lot of the music that I'm using is from that ministry, from God Over Money and Hog Mob, because, man, those, those guys are like, oh, they're, they're just beasts, man, on the mic. They're just, they're, the words is just, they sing into my, into my soul and they speak right into my life and, uh, it just, it just gets me fired up and it gets me going. And I just hope it does the same thing for the people who are listening. And those, and those particular clips that I have are those, are the ones that really like grasps me, you know? And, um, so yeah, but this intro that I just put on is my quote unquote main intro. Cause that's the one that gets me going the most. Um, but anyway, uh, what I want to do is I want to kind of, this is going to be a, a long, uh, podcast so get ready uh, but it's going to be really good um, I'm sure many of you have heard the sermon called that's my king by uh, Dr. S.M. Lockridge everybody hears you know that one part where you know uh, he talks about that's my king right well I looked up the full sermon it is on YouTube uh, you look up Dr. S.M. Lockridge that's my king full sermon and man, I mean, don't get me wrong. That that is that part that they play is like the climax of the entire sermon. But you gotta you gotta listen to the whole thing. And I've heard this message many times. It's been a while since I've heard it. So so we're gonna listen to this together. Um, and I mean, the message is fantastic, man. And you can almost tell from where it's Doctor S M Lockridge talking. And then where the Holy Spirit takes over and then it's on from there. And it just keeps going and going and going and going until it hits a climax. And then it comes down and it's SM Lockridge again. It's fantastic. You know, it's a really good one. So I'm going to pause a lot of stuff. I'm going to make comments. Uh, I'm a, a fair warning. You know, I may get emotional and I may uh, start weeping and crying and stuff. Um, or you might hear me in the background say amen and hallelujah. And that's like, there's a lot of amens in this, uh, in this one here, you know, and, the and a lot of the things that, that this brother, uh, is preaching is like fire. We need, we need more preachers like this. We don't need preachers who got 
you know, who only got three steps, you know, on how to have a better prayer life, which <laughs> that's one of my podcasts I'm by plan on doing, but it's going to be good. You know, it's not going to be something weak. It's going to be something that's actually going to work because I've applied this to my own life and I know that it works. And uh, I know that it'll work for you too. Those of you who think, who, uh, and that will be in the future. So keep an eye out for, you know, the three, you know, um, three tips on how to in, uh, increase or better your prayer life. This is important and it's real simple. But this right here, uh, mainly Dr. S.M. Lockridge is speaking about prayer and he talks about the uh, Lord's Prayer and he breaks it down and he uh, breaks it down its meaning and then he also compares it to as like writing a letter and then he explains it and oh, man I, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it because I mean I've heard this message before and, and you know I haven't heard it in a while and um, uh, I'm so excited right now like I can I feel like I'm going to burst because this message is so good and I really hope that other people get blessed by it and uh, I hope it's fun. I hope you really take that time. I mean, if you don't, if you can't bear, you know, the hour, hour and a half this is going to be, all right, cool. You know, take it in sections, you know, you can do that, but just come back to it, please, you know, and take notes and pray over this and, you know, um, pray for me, man. I mean, I've been, you know, I prayed before this, you know, the Lord kind of gave me a, uh, an inspiration for something, something big. I don't want to say what, because it may or may not be true. Uh, so I'm seeking God on this, but I just pray for clarity so that I know exactly what God's will is for me and what he wants me to do with my life and this ministry here. By the way, in my last podcast, I uh, introduced my new logo. Um, and below it's, uh, it says, you know, it's got, it was really cool, man. It was like the Lord was like guiding me. And then, cause I was like, man, I'm looking, you know, I had put rumble, rumble reverend and I'm like uh, on wix.com and it shows me all these examples, right? You know, and, and they're really nice and stuff, but I started thinking like, you know, what, what are my favorite colors and what, you know, how is this, how can I make this unique to me? So, my favorite colors are royal blue, yellow, or uh, actually in particular sunshine yellow, and um, white. Also, there is an alternate, which is uh, sky blue. I love sky blue. Or powder blue, which is a Chargers, San Diego Chargers. I mean, excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, uh, jersey color. Yeah, anyway. So, um... So I chose the colors, you know, royal blue, yellow, and white. Um, but then I was like, well, I was looking for like, um, logos with like, uh, uh, maybe like a, a priest or a cross. I looked at lions. Um, but then something, the Lord told me to type in the search beards. <laughs> I was like, okay. And sure enough, I found one that was perfect. It had a beard and it had the, the style sunglasses that I had. I'm like, that's, man, that is perfect. Um, and then I went and did other colors. So you're going to see other variations of it. 
uh, as well that I liked. Uh, a lot of these, um, the colors that are involved uh, mean something to me. Like I know one of the logos is black, uh, turquoise, and purple. And that one, those colors are, are pretty, the, the turquoise, white, and, and purple are really important to me because those are the colors of my wedding. And so, yeah, those are really important colors to me. And um, uh, I know one of them is like brown, white, and yellow. I'm originally from San Diego, California, and those are old school San Diego Padre colors. So that's why I did that one. So that's it, pretty much it. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and uh, first let's pray um, that God would do whatever he wants with this podcast and then do whatever he wants with Brother uh, Lockrich's word. And then I, I pray that, and then we'll pray that God will give me utterance and to be his mouthpiece. And, um, and I pray that, you know, we'll pray for the people that are going to listen to this. All right, let's go. Dear Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, let's do this. And if I misquoted that, by the way, I'm sorry. I do not have the best like memory. And sometimes I misquote stuff. And I do apologize. It's not that I'm some try to, I'm trying to add or subtract from the word. It's just, man, sometimes my brain like stops so if you notice that while i'm talking that i go uh or i stop a lot it's because man it's like i'm getting this word like fast or it's coming in drips kind of so i'm trying to listen and listen in the spirit so that way i can tell you guys what's going on anyway let's go let's do this here we go i'm gonna start right now hey I'm called upon everywhere I go uh, to explain uh, what kind of name I have. One day. Oh, let me let me explain this part here. He's explaining his name, um, and then he kind of he makes some pretty good jokes about it because I guess he got he got clowned on a lot in college. Um, so I think this right here, he's just trying to break the ice with, with the, with the audience. Uh, so just bear with it. It's pretty funny. Uh, so just, so just bear with this, brother, right? Here we go. Hear that my name is S.M. Lockridge. They want to know what S.M., what, what is that for? And I tell them S.M. is for Shadrick Meshach. And they really don't believe me. <laughs> and when I assure them that it is Cedric Meshach, then they say, well, what happened to Abednego? <laughs> and I tell them I had to stop using Abednego because people misunderstood me. They thought I was saying Cedric Meshach and a bad Negro. (laughs) 
is dude, man. <laughs> when I was in Southwestern Seminary, my house burned, and the students started calling me Cedric No Shack Lock. <laughs> As I said last night, Pastor, I'll always be thankful to you for inviting me here. I love this man's humility. is so good. Listen to this man's humility here. Uh, I wondered, however, why you would choose me. You know, I'm like the fellow who was sent to give a death message. A man was killed in an automobile accident, and the witnesses at the scene knew his wife and knew that she was already sick and of the nervous type. And whoever carried her this news was going to have to do it tactfully, diplomatically. They were going to have to ease it over to her so it wouldn't unduly upset her. They chose this man and told him what they wanted him to do, gave him the address. And when this man went to that address and rang the doorbell, and the lady came to the door, he said, Are you Widow Smith? You can have a pocket full of pearls, but you'll not have a necklace until you get a string. Each one of us is a pearl in his or her own right. But we'll not be effective in our witnessing until we're strung together in Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight, uh, we turn to our Lord's Gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter, and I'll begin reading with verse 5. Matthew, sixth chapter, and verse 5. We got your Bibles. And when thou prayest, Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen 
of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask it. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. I want to use for a subject this evening, the last word in verse 13. Amen. Take your notes. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. This part going to be good. This part going to be good. And now, when it comes to preaching here at this church, I I I find it difficult to get started. You know, to get up to preach here is kind of like calling a business meeting after the rapture. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to do my best. Uh, Now, a sermon should do at least four things for you. One, a sermon should stretch your mind. A sermon should inform and instruct you. You ought to be able to learn something from a sermon. Two, a sermon should tan your hide. (laughs) A sermon should correct you. Three, 
A sermon should warm your heart. It should inspire you. Or, a sermon should provoke the will. It should challenge you to do what the Lord would have you do. Every one of us has a check made out on the bank of heaven. But many fail to cash it at the window of prayer. Now, prayer is man's job. That's the only unending obligation that our Lord has given to men. He did not say that men ought to always work. He did not say that men ought to always play. But men ought to always to pray. Amen. Pray for your personal life. Pray when you are successful, lest you become selfish. Pray when you're in sorrow, lest you become cynical. Pray when you are in prosperity, lest you become proud. Pray when you are in material poverty, lest you become spiritually poor, and that's the worst kind of poverty. Pause. Here we go. I need to say something on this here. Man, no matter what happens, whether in highs or lows, we need to remain broken before God. We need to remember that we need Him. He does not need us. We need Him for salvation. And the commands He gives us are not for His benefit, for ours. And I just, man, this, this part of this sermon is awesome. Uh, let me go ahead and continue. Here we go. In sin, a person declares... His or her independence of God. In prayer, we declare our dependence upon God. Now, prayer is perplexingly paradoxical. That is, you have to pray in order to pray. Amen. When the disciples saw how lacking they were in prayer, they prayed. Lord, and notice they didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to work miracles or teach us to be wise. But Lord, teach us to pray. I had this moment. I remember when I first got born again back in 2013 and I didn't know how to pray. And I remember I asked this brother, how do I learn how to pray? You know, first I'd ask the Lord, you know, uh, let me rewind. I had prayed like, God, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. 
and so I prayed. I prayed, and God sent me to this brother, and this brother said, "Read your Bible, and that will give you language. That will give you um, what what you need to do, what you need to pray for." Uh, also, uh, just like this brother said, he's a you need to pray in order to pray. So I would recommend what something that I had done which was I uh, searched up a, a prayer group, an intercession, you know, prayer intercession group or, you know, prayer request group. Uh, there's plenty of them on Facebook, plenty of them, um, plenty of them on uh, all over the Internet um, or join a prayer group at your church or start a prayer group. Um, I know that uh, somebody at my old church started a group um, It was called a 2100 Club. And 2100 is, the, is 9 o'clock. PM. So everyone would agree who was a part of this club to get together and pray. Now that doesn't mean that they got on the phone or did Zoom or anything like that. That they just agreed that at nine o'clock, oh man, I gotta I gotta get on my knees or I gotta get in my prayer closet or I gotta start praying. And uh the church would put a list out, you know, or whoever was heading it. Like I did my own uh twenty one hundred club. And I put a list of things that the Lord would want for us to be praying for. And, you know, and if anybody needed anything else, like, hey, you know, problem with work, you know, family problems, all that stuff, we would throw that up and, and, and also pray for it. And it was mighty because we all came together in Christ and we did that. So, um, but yeah, you got to pray in order to pray. And the way you're going to learn to pray is you got to do it and pray for others. Um, and also read your Bible, read, read the Psalms, read, read the gospels, uh, read the epistles, uh, read the entire thing. But I mean, I'm just kind of pay attention to those areas, especially Psalms. That'll give you prayer language because it's a prayer book. And then also Proverbs, do a chapter a day. You'll read it in a month and that'll give you so much wisdom. You'll be a whole lot wiser. Anyway, let's go back to, uh, our guest, Dr. S.M. Lockridge. When you recognize how lacking you are in prayer, you'll pray. You know, out of all of our Bible colleges, our seminaries, and uh, they, they have a lot of courses that teach us a little of everything. Homiletics, hermeneutics, all the rest. But nobody offers a course in prayer. Simply because there's only one teacher. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And now some people think that prayer is a monologue. Mm-mm. No, it's not. Where you do all the talk. And some of us talk to the Lord just like he doesn't know what's happening in this world. We talk to the Lord like we have to inform him, tell him what to do and how to do it and when to do it and you just right now, right now, Lord, right now. And some people talk to the Lord like they're picketing the throne of grace. 
like the Lord is reluctant to answer. And you have to bombard his throne with prayer in order to get in there. So he's reluctant to give you what you're asking for. We call him loud and long. Lord, come on now. <laughs> Guilty. We want you to go here and go yonder. Do this and do that. And on the double. But prayer is not just a monologue where you do all the talk. Prayer has got to be a dialogue. Not only must you talk to the Lord, but you've got to wait and let him talk to you. Now, it's far better for us to hear what the Lord has to say than it is for him to hear what we have to say. But we don't know what to say. We don't know what to ask for. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright. Amen. Now, praise for worship. Is due God. And that's the reason I'm so blessed by worshiping here with you. Praise for worship is due God. We are here tonight to glory in His grace, to meditate on His might and His mercy, and to put His praises before our petition. Amen. Ah. We are to put his praises before our petition. In other words, before you go on to ask the Lord for so much, thank him for what he's already doing. Yeah. You know, we are good at counting bruises. Poor me, I have one here. I have one here. Instead of counting your bruises, spend some time counting your blessings. Amen. Well, I don't do too well with an accurate account because I soon get on shouting ground and lose the count. <laughs> Instead of lamenting over what you've lost, thank God for what you have left. Pastor, pray tonight that this would be a thanksgiving service. Yes. And every time we go to God in prayer, we first thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Instead of numbering your enemies. Thank you, Lord. Thank God that you have some friends. Yes, Lord. Thank you. And I, have, I thank Him that I have a friend above all others in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. You know, I used to whine and murmur and complain. Uh, whenever I call myself praying, I'd go to the Lord tell him what's ailing me and uh, what uh, people are holding me down and uh, uh, people are mistreating me and it's so hard. And... 
go to him with a long list of negatives. But when I found Jesus, precious to my soul, I moved off of Complaint Avenue, and I'm now living on Thanksgiving Boulevard. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Personal worship is due God. We have access to the throne of grace, and we can come unto God. You know, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that uh, I don't have to write back to Los Angeles and tell somebody what I want them to tell the Lord. You know, males are slow. And sometimes males get lost. And that fellow to whom I'm writing is waiting for me to send him a fee. And I've got to wait for his answer. He's going to talk to the Lord and, and then write me back and tell me what the answer is. Oh, oh excuse me, but uh, <laughs> let me tell you, I'm so glad that he's arranged it so that I can talk to him for myself. Now, I appreciate you praying for me. But when it comes to prayer, I don't trust you. <laughs> There's nobody can beat me talking to the Lord about me. We must worship with our whole heart and sincerely give thanks. Public worship is a privilege and a duty of redeemed souls united in faith and fellowship and the furtherance of the gospel. I got to pause it here. I have to make a confession right now. Um, for the last, I don't know, year and a half, two, almost two years or so, I haven't been going to church. Um, I kind of, st I stopped going and, um, it stunted my spiritual growth. Um, I disobeyed the Lord by not going to church because I was like, man, this is apostate church and blah, 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 and this and that. But the Lord reminded me that there is a remnant. There is still a remnant of his people in these churches that the wheat and the tares have to grow together. But soon, the reapers will be sent out. And they will take the tares and they will toss them into the fire. And they will take the wheat and take them into the Lord's barn. Anyway, let's keep listening. I mean, this is really, this is getting good. Don't you know it's a blessing just to be here? The Lord has given you the health and the to make it here. 
and then to sit there an hour and a half while I preach. That's a blessing. You know, sometimes, sometimes we've got some members, you have to keep them reminded. We have to call them. Don't forget the prayer meeting tonight. <laughs> when, 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 they, when you ask, when they, you tell them, or uh, invite them to come to the house of the Lord, the first thing you know, well, what's going on? Like something extra special has to go on before he puts in his appearance. Don't you know it's a blessing just to be able to congregate here in the name of the Lord. I'm having a good time tonight. Let the assembly of the upright join together in praise and in prayer. Let the congregation of all who love and serve God join together at the mercy seat where they may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Prayer is a great privilege, I tell you. That's the reason David said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know, if the Lord has redeemed you, if the Lord has saved you, the least you can do is say so. Everything I have above nothing, God gave it to me. Thank you, Lord. And the least I can do is say so. Prayer is a great privilege, I tell you. Prayer is a weapon in the hour of conflict. It's a defense in the moment of peril. It's a retreat in the seasons of exhaustion. Oh, I said I was going to talk about amen. All right? <laughs> Amen simply means that which is certain, that which is credible, that which is true. Amen simply means so be it, as it is in thy purpose, as it is in thy promises, so be it in our praises. So be it in our prayers. In the Old Testament, there are at least 30 references to Amen. And in the New Testament, there are at least 50 references to Amen. And in every one of these references, you'll find that Amen is a word of affirmation. It has a force of a superlative, and it has a note of finality. When you said it, you have said it, and there's just nothing to top it. Yeah. The best you can do is repeat it. Yeah. Oh, this part right here, this part right here, this you got to listen to this. This is really good. And don't knock repetition. You know... Every once in a while, 
maybe once or twice a year, I'll preach a sermon there at Calvary that I've preached before. And invariably, somebody comes charging up to me, Pastor, I heard that one before. And I said, yes, and if it didn't bear repeating, I shouldn't have preached it in the first place. Yeah. Don't knock repetition. You see, there are no degrees of holiness. You know, God is just holy. Yes. He's not less holy one day and more holy another day. He's just holy. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim, and each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy. And I get the idea that the one in the north cried holy. And the one in the south tried to find something to top it and he couldn't come up with it and he cried holy. And the one in the east tried to find something better to say and he couldn't find it and he cried holy. The one in the west tried to find something to top it and he couldn't come up with it and he cried holy. Holy is the Lord of hosts. I'm trying to tell you don't knock repetition. We have an old spiritual that just says amen. Amen. And that's all. Just about the third time around, things start happening. <laughs> don't, knock, don't knock repetition. That's the reason we have a twofold amen and a fourfold and a threefold. And Tana has a sevenfold amen. And that doesn't mean five, six, seven, but it means without number and without end. Uh, amen it simply means yes, Lord. Um, in the military, uh, we all kind of have our own little, you know, word. You know, the army has. Hua, right? And the Marines got hoorah, right? Well, after the first time after I heard this, man, the Lord told me that amen is the equivalent to the Army's hua. So, yeah, amen, amen. And everybody here ought to say yes to the Lord. That means let the Lord have his way in your life. Just think what would happen here tonight if every one of us just let the Lord have His way. You know, we want our way. We want to do what somebody else told us to do or say what somebody else told us to say or sound like somebody else. If we would listen for the voice of the Lord, let him have his way. Why, revival would break out here tonight 
and mm. spread throughout the length and breadth of this country. Yeah. We need revival, Lord. If you'll allow the Lord to let use you on his own terms and let the Lord have his way, you'll not only see what the Lord can do for you, but what he can do with you and through you. Now, nothing is going to happen through you until something happens to you. Oh, no kidding. Until you let the Lord have his way. You know, we go to the Lord and every one of us, Lord, we want revival. Lord, we want a revival. Lord, send us revival. Lord, we want revival. The Lord is saying, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, you won't have to worry about revival. I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. Father, I just pray right now. Lord, as an ambassador of heaven and as an American citizen, uh, Father, I just, I stand in the gap for the United States of America. And Father, I just pray, I pray repentance, that this country would repent, God. That we repent from our abuse of power and our abuse of our people and uh, the abuse of children and abuse of women and abuse of, of men and uh, the and our covetousness and our greed and, and our love of money and, and the love of, of the world and the, the lusts of this world and, and for the drugs and the guns and violence and um for the for damaging the the environment and and just being cold lord and, and that our hearts had gone cold our forefathers knew what they were doing when they were creating this nation they were inspired by you god you had inspired these men because they used the bible to write out our amendments and write out our rights and in our declaration of independence and god we are just so far away from that now but father i pray that that you would hear our prayer of repentance that we would turn from our wicked ways and that we would turn to you that we would stop doing what we're doing and that we would put you uh, at the forefront of our lives and in our government, and that you would be the crown jewel of the United States, that you would be our first love. In Jesus' name, amen. It's our move now. God has already done everything that it takes for us to have revival. All we have to do is plug in. But that's it. We're reluctant to plug in. The moment we feel something coming on of a worshipful and a praise nature, 
we grab ourselves. Hmm. I got to remember who I am now. Let the Lord have his way. Amen is an indication of solemn assent to the words of another on the part of an individual of congregation. Amen was used in the synagogue. And it is passed on to Christian congregation. It was customary to say amen at the giving of thanks. Our Lord used amen when he wished to vest a statement with special authority. He would often say, verily, verily, I say unto you. Or truly, truly, I say unto you. Or amen, amen, I say unto you. The title amen was given to our Lord in the epistle to the church at Laodicea. Paul preached about Christ, the amen, the seal of God's promise. In all of these references, every time we hear one praised in the Lord, we can't help but say amen. Amen. If he's singing, we don't want to take the song, but you just want to let you know that's my song. Mm -hmm. You don't take the sermon, but you just let you know if I was up there, I'd say the same thing. Amen makes a doxology of what it is. Even when the scriptures are read, all of the people will say, Amen. As far back as Ezra's time, when the scriptures were read, all the people said, Amen. I don't mean some of them, all of them. You know, some of us think that Amen is just for some people who don't know any better. But I've come to tell you, it's for people who do know better. You know, the first five years of my preaching ministry, I used to ask the congregation to say amen. When I'd walk in, I'd say, say amen, church. And then I'd say, say it again. But you know, I soon learned better than that. I don't want to encourage anybody to be a hypocrite. If you don't know what's going on, keep quiet. <laughs> if the Lord is not your shepherd, don't play like he is. Mm. And another thing, if... Uh, if the Lord is your shepherd, I won't have to ask you to say amen. Yeah, we think that amen is for people who don't know any better. But I say it's for people who do know better. When Paul was writing to the Corinthians, talking about spiritual gifts, he says, now the Lord is able to give each individual what he wants that individual to have. 
He'll give you something that he does not give me. And he'll give me something that he does not give you. Now, just because you don't have what I have, don't knock it. Paul zeroed in on those people who call themselves speaking in tongues. He said, now, I'm, I'm well aware that the Lord can give a person the power to speak another language on the spot. I'm not talking about some babbling. You don't know what you're talking about, and uh, nobody else, and if you ask you what you're talking about, you get angry and talk about the, you the devil. But I'm talking about another language, something that somebody else can understand. Why, if the Lord opened the mouth of a donkey and called him to speak, surely... He can take a high school graduate <laughs> and cause him to speak. But Paul, Paul went on to say, but you people who call yourself speaking in tongues, if you're going to insist in speaking in tongues, get you an interpreter. Mm. So how can these people say amen when they don't know what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, it's for people who know. Say, if you don't know, keep quiet. <laughs> no, uh, I heard a, no, a man say some time ago, there's no brother in our church that just says amen so loud and so frequently, it just turns me off. And I said to him, just because somebody else puts too much seasoning on his food, <laughs> that isn't going to keep me from seasoning mine to my taste. Look, our sophistication is sapping the life out of our religion. Yeah, yeah. You know, we work hard. Especially when we come to church, we work hard at being dignified. Mm -hmm. All our dignity comes down on us hard and heavy. <laughs> don't you know, don't you know, when you quench the spirit, you grieve the spirit. Amen will work anyway, if you'll allow it. In 1970, March 15th, I was one of the ten preachers from across this nation to be given an invitation by the President of the United States to be his guest in the White House. So this part right here, I'm going to skip because it's kind of not relevant. Um... He talks about, I guess he met Richard Nixon. Uh, this this preaching is like from the early 70s, something like that. 
So uh, just give me a sec here. Um, I'm going to fast forward to get to the next part. Uh, one moment. All right, here we go. I got it fast forwarded. One moment. Here we go. And you made a note of it. And when you got back here, then you said that in your ear. He's not talking about that. He said, when you pray. I'm talking about when you recite what you heard somebody else say. It sounds good. When you pray. You know, pray after this matter. And somebody gets tripped up right there. Then we start arguing. Somebody over here will say, the Lord just meant for us to recite these words verbatim and that's it. Somebody over here will say, no, he didn't mean that. He means for you to recite these words and then close out with something of your own. And then somebody over here will say, uh, no, he didn't mean that. He meant for you to start out with something of your own and then close out with these words. <laughs> the Lord just say, after this matter, therefore, pray ye. After this matter. You know, when I was in elementary school, I was taught to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. And then they gave me some problems. <laughs> <laughs> and with uh, every set of problems, they give me some examples to show me how to work the problems. Now, that didn't mean that all the numbers that I was going to encounter would be the same numbers that would be in that example. But whatever numbers I encounter, this is the way you work. After this matter. Along about that same time, we were taught letter writing. And we were taught that any good letter had to have at least six parts. We were taught that you had to have the name of the person to whom you're writing. In this prayer letter, the name is Our Father. That when you pray, you're going to have to pray Our I'm going to have to pray for you, and you're going to have to pray for me. Our part. You know, if God is your father, and he is my father, that makes us brothers. Amen. <laughs> Don't accept another man as brother until he recognizes that they both have the same fault. <laughs> when you pray, Jesus said, You pray our fault. And then you were taught that you had to have the address of the one to whom you're right. Which are in heaven. And somebody, somebody gets the idea that God is sitting high, way somewhere, and got his feet propped up on earth for a footstool. You have to call him and tell him to come here and go yonder. 
Come here, Lord, and go out in California and see about my son. And go by the hospital. And don't forget that one over there that just had the accident. That's that other fellow who has to go to and fro. Ah. God is already here. You know, we asked him to come on and be in the meeting. He's already here. <laughs> don't you know, don't you know, don't you know that distance doesn't refer to God. He's everywhere here. Yeah. Satan is in this meeting. The poor fellow, he had to catch him a ride. <laughs> Gotta get a lift. You had to bring him. Oh. You had to bring him. Dang. If he's there, you brought him. But God is already here. Amen. He's God in heaven. He's God on earth. He's God everywhere. Which are in heaven. And then we were taught that a letter, there was a greeting or salutation. And the greeting or salutation you use depends upon what you think about the person to whom you're writing. If you're writing Mary and Mary is just a casual friend, you're satisfied to just say, Dear Mary. But, brother, if you love Mary, you will spend about an hour and a half trying to find another name sweeter than this name Mary. Somebody here knows what I'm talking about. You know what her name is? Why don't you go and put it down there? But, no, you want a name sweeter than that name. The greeting of salutation in this prayer letter is hallowed be thy name. This name is holy. Yes. This name is to be respected. This name is to be hallowed. Oh, I get disturbed when I hear people, and some of them call themselves Christians, and when they get ready to use vulgarity and profanity and swear that we can get that holy name and drag it down through the pit. What? Oh, that name is holy. It's an excellent name. Don't you know that's the only name that can save us? Don't you know that's the only name you can pray in? That's the only name that we can meet in. The name Jesus. Jesus. There is a name I love to hear. Yes. I love to sing his word. Yes. It sounds like music in my ears. Yes. The sweetest name on earth. Yes. Hallowed be thy name. And then we were taught uh, that uh, when you start off the body of the letter, always express some interest in the one to whom you're writing. Don't start off talking about yourself. Express some interest in him. Those of us who have been away from home, possibly in school, and we needed something. It didn't take us long to learn how to ask about the other sisters and brothers and the aunts and the uncles. And then go and tell them to send me a hundred dollars. <laughs> All 
parade always express some interest in the one to whom you're writing. You to start this prayer letter off by saying, Thy kingdom come. Yes. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And then when you've expressed some interest in him, then go on and ask him for what you want. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation. And then we were taught that there is a complimentary close. And the complimentary close differs from the greeting of salutation in that now you can't figure out who you are. When we get down to that complimentary close, we'll say, I am your, and you'll spend another hour trying to figure out who you are. I am your, um, I am your, uh, and then finally when you arrive at it, uh, you put something like always and uh, forever and ever, and you'll underscore it two or three times and put some exclamation points there. Now, you may change your mind tomorrow, but for now it's forever <laughs> and ever. Well, thine, the complimentary close, and I got to close it here, the complimentary close is, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Thine is the kingdom. Who ever heard of a kingdom without a king? Mm. Well, everybody's got a king. Who is your king? Jesus. If when I ask you who is your king, you ask me who is mine. You got a minute? Mm. Here we go. This is well, it. My king is the only one qualified to be king. Yes. Amen. My king has always been king. Amen. You know, these other kings, they were born a prince. And had to wait till the father died. Or the mother, if she were the ruling mother, wait until she died and then become king. But my king was born king. Yes. In fact, the Bible says he's a seven-way king. He's a king of the Jews. Yes. He's a king of Israel. Yes. Oh, my king will let you know who's who and what's what. Yes, he will. I told you a few minutes ago about being invited by the President of the United States to be his guest in the White House. Now, now, you please pardon me, that may not mean a thing to you. This might be an everyday occurrence. <laughs> but for a black boy born down in Robertson County, Texas, and the people shoved him around and they thought he was retarded and said he'd never amount to anything, oh, the Lord picked me up. And, and the Lord built me up, and, and the Lord saved me, and then the Lord make a preacher out of me, and then have the President of the United States to invite me to be his guest in the White House. What meant something to me. You know, for about two months after that visit, everybody I talked with, 
I grieved the conversation around, you know, <laughs> to let them know I'd been to the White House. I'd tell them how good I felt being guarded by the same security officers as the President of the United States. I told them how good I felt sitting there talking to the President face to face for three hours and 15 minutes. I told them how good I felt. Well, <laughs> now that was in, that was in March. In September, September that same year, I was in Rome, and I was scheduled to leave the two days before the president would arrive, and I rearranged my itinerary. I said, I'm going to stay right here until my king comes. I'm going to stay right here until my president gets here. I didn't think I'd get a chance to see him. But I just want to have it said that I was in Rome at the same time the president was. And while going around sightseeing, I saw a letter on the wall, Nixon, Rome will be your grave. I said, uh-oh. I got out of there and went on down in Africa. <laughs> I went on down to Africa. I found out, I found out that uh, my ethnic king couldn't do me any good. Uh, I found out somebody else had to protect him. I found out uh, that under certain conditions, uh, somebody had to rescue him. Then that made me draw close to my son of king. Oh, my king always has been king and always will be king. Oh, my king is, well, David said, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. That's my king. <laughs> no means of measure can define his limitless love. That's my king. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoulder surprise. That's my king. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. Nobody can keep him from saving me. Nobody can keep him. Oh, I don't care what you tell him about me. He knows me. Yeah, there's no barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. That's my king. And what I like about him, he doesn't need me, and he doesn't need you. He stands in the solitude of himself. He's August, and he's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is supreme and preeminent. He is the loftiest idea in literature. Amen. He is the highest personality in philosophy. He is the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's in every way able to satisfy every need. 
your need and mine and everybody's need simultaneously. So right now at 5743, 57 minutes and 43 seconds, this video just stopped and it just went eh. The screen locked. It won't move. Give me one sec. All right, I'm back. Got it working. Had to restart my laptop. Uh, so let's go. Necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's in every way able to satisfy every need. Your need and mine and everybody's need simultaneously. He can hear all of us pray at the same time. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Now that's my king. Well, do you know him? Do you know him? Yes. Yes. Yes, I know him. Yes. Yes, I know him. Do you know him? Yes. Amen. He's the key to knowledge. Amen. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. Yes. He's the captain of the conquerors. Yes. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. Amen. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. That's my king. Amen. He's the lord. Yes. What I like about him, his office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. Yes. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. Amen. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. <laughs> the indescribable Lord. Can't be described, Father. Who is likened unto you? He's indescribable. He's invincible. Yes. He's irresistible. Amen. Well, the heavens of heavens cannot contain him. Let alone a man explaining. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him. And you can't live without him. <laughs> hey, that's my king. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him. But they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. 
Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah, amen. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. What a foretaste of glory divine. What are you talking about? I'm an heir of salvation. Amen. Such as a God. I've been born of his spirit. I've been washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praise is my Savior all the day long. is the kingdom and the power. He's got all power. And the glory. You trying to get glory and honor for yourself, but it's his. It's all his. And the glory forever. And ever. 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 How long is that? <laughs> and ever. And when you get through with all of the forever, then amen. Amen. We were taught. We were taught that the letter is not binding. It's not yours. Until you affix your signature, anybody can type it out for you. But until you sign it, it's not yours. Amen is the signature to this prayer letter. Now you can say all of that other. But if you can't say amen, I'm talking about if you can't let him have his way in your life. It doesn't mean a thing. Amen. Have your way in my life. Amen. Amen. Now we just having a rehearsal down here. <laughs> we are just practicing. Yes. We just had a night practicing. What are we going to do when we get on the other side? Yes, amen. Now look, if you can't act right in the rehearsal, you're not going to be in the performance. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wonder how some people think that they, they're going to get to heaven and sit there still and quite <laughs> you going to get run over. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be moving. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know, in Southwestern Seminary, they taught me how to stand in the same track. They taught me how to hold my Bible. They taught me how to just uh, to emphasize my points if I had any. And then they even taught me how to regulate and modulate my voice so it wouldn't be so loud and obnoxious. <laughs> and do you know I passed the course? <laughs> Whoa! But when I get to thinking about Jesus... I can't help but get excited. When I think about Jesus, who saved me, I can't help but get loud. 
I can't help but shout. Maybe you don't have anything to shout about, but I have. If you just, if you, do you think I'm shouting now? You just wait. You just wait until my feet strike Zion. You just wait until I behold his face. You just wait until I hear him say, Seven, well done. You haven't seen me shouting. Oh. Now we have a time down here trying to find a song that suits everybody. If you repeat the same song within a month, you're going to hear grumbling all over the country. Why don't you sing something else? I don't like that. You've got a song and I've got a song and all of God's children got a song. Whoa! But when we get over there, we're going to sing one song. Amen. 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 And amen. amen. Will you be there? Let the Lord have His way in your life. Yes, now. Lord. So yeah, let's pray. Father, have your way in our life. Oh God, Jesus is the yes and the amen of God. All of God's promises are yes and amen through Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, for Dr. S.M. Lockridge and his life. And uh, I just thank you so much, Father, for my followers and this ministry and, and everything. And that we get to magnify you here. That, you know, uh, everybody gets to hear that last my king. And yeah, that is great, but man. You got to get the full context. You got to get the full thing. So you're going to get it here. I hope this blessed you because I know it blessed my heart. And I, man...